y'all, it's Sarah Dawn. This week, the very last episode of We Them on Angst airs. I wanted to say a quick thank you for being such a wonderful audience for the past year and a half as I've learned the ropes of podcasting. I'm sorry the podcast is ending, especially as the S&P seems to be ramping back up again, but I'm also glad I had this experience. I wanted to thank past and current staff for being an awesome support system, and Holler Studios for creating such a welcoming community for myself and other teen podcasts out there. If you listeners ever want to work with me on a podcast, please reach out to Howler Studios for more information on teen podcasting. I might be ending this pod, but I won't be going anywhere. See you soon. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Live on Angst, the Ultimate Dream SP Fan Podcast. My name is Sarah Dawn, your host, and joining us today is Essie. Essie's here to speak about her cosplay that she's well known for on TikTok and Doomsday, uh, Lemanberg's last and fi- third and final life. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, so I will have talked about the festival with Whirl, um, a fan artist, um, mm-hmm. last week about. So we will have more, gone more in depth about this. So Tommy and Toe will have, you know, their big fight. The discs were worth more than you ever were. Um, it's back and forth, back and forth. Um, kind of heartbreaking to watch. They all yeah. decide that, oh, we're going to fight Dream. Technoblade and Phil team up with Dream for the final battle for the Manberg. Yep. Um, and that's where this starts. So um, it is January 6th. Yeah, yes. January 6th. Um, Tommy looks onto the server. They're all getting ready. Over the past few days, they have been preparing for war. And there was a set time that that Techno, Dream, and Phil were going to log on to begin the war. Mm-hmm. It was going to be this organized, cut and dry, you log on, we fight, who wins, wins. Yeah, like, it's supposed to be something honorable. But, you know, Dream being Dream and Techno just sort of going along with it for chaos sake said, hey, let's go half an hour early. Mm-hmm. Yep, so they get there early, and dreams. Techno is, no, 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 wrong T-name. Tommy is really confused. He's like, why are you guys here? What's going on? La, 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 la. He's yelling at them. They're like, oh, we said you were going to be here 30 minutes later than now? Wow, that sucks for you. Techno's, like, lore is very fun to watch because everybody's so serious and his he's being sarcastic the whole time. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Isn't so it techno without blatant, blatant sarcasm? No. You, got, you gotta have techno. Absolutely. Um, and so, and techno has like a million dogs. Like, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. So many dogs. And so, you know, Tommy calls everyone and they all get there and they're all like, oh, what's going on? Um, and Randu is really confused. He's like, we're fighting? What? Um, and the withers begin to spawn. And Techno has a lot of withers. A yeah. lot of withers. <laughs> yeah, and he has Phil also from like above also spawning them. And so it's either raining down or they're coming down straight from the ground. Mm-hmm. And Tommy really wants this to be an organized fight. Like, he's trying to rally everyone, get everyone organized. Doesn't work. It's chaos the 
entire time. And so the withers start before the TNT. The TNT really doesn't start until about halfway through the chaos. It's yeah. mostly withers at first. Um, and so the withers do their damage. I think most of Techno's dogs die. Um, like half of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he still has a lot because he brought in a lot for um, the red, the red banquet um, a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. Well, those and- ones all died, but you know, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then yeah, so the withers happen for the TNT, and then they're simultaneously trying to dodge TNT and fight withers like half the time. And it's just chaos. Everyone's everywhere. You don't know what's going on. Um, Tebo jumps in front of Tommy at one point. So, it you know, Tebo is still loyal to Tommy. That's still regardless of the fact that he exiled Tommy, he's still loyal to Tommy. He's still his friend. Yeah, I definitely think that that's sort of a very important moment because we see, like, even, like, a few days prior, they were fighting and, like, saying really harsh stuff to each other. Like, they don't agree on everything, like, especially not on Lemanberg, not on the disc, but they agree definitely to for each other and just to keep each other safe. Even if their priorities aren't the same, they're still with each other and i think that's really important and good yeah it, it's very important the um that tommy tepo duo um especially during like the early i almost said early years early like streams of the dream smp um their duo is really what carries um most of it um they're yeah. the two they're like the harry and ron of the dreamers would that make ranbu hermione uh, yeah, if, wait, which one is her, I haven't seen Harry Potter in, like, ten years, hold on, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess as long as Tubbo is Ron, sure. And that would make sense, because Ron and Hermione get married eventually. Yeah, right? It, awesome, look at me, look at me. <laughs> okay, moving on from my little brain fart there, um, <laughs> Their, their their duo is very important throughout the entire Dream SMP and even like now where we are now in lore, um, as of May fifth, May eighth, um, mm-hmm. their duo is still very important with the added um with the addition of Ran- um Ranbu. Yeah. Now, Tommy and Toe are both fighting on one life during this. So if they have a big death in the middle of this war then they're gone um, which obviously doesn't happen we're still they're still alive months later and so there's a point where tommy goes up on the obsidian grid and i was watching this with my friend and i hadn't realized that dream was actually there i thought dream hadn't logged on yet i thought we were still at the beginning and like techno just causing chaos and then dream was going to come on and make everything worse yeah no dream was definitely playing a more passive role if mm-hmm. you kind of look back on every like every big event he's caused, he's more passive than I think a lot of people um, interpret it. If there's mm-hmm. a lot of people involved, like how it was at the community house where everyone on the server was basically watching, all he did was talk and yell and basically announce, hey, I don't actually care. But he didn't take any physical action against anyone. And same thing in on during Doomsday. Like he was mostly just up on the grid setting off the TNT. He wasn't actively killing anyone or doing any of the active fighting like Techno was. Yeah. Yeah, I think and I think so Dream Ops doesn't do a whole lot like during the big lore. I think he really 
he's the puppet master, the manipulator. He pulls the strings behind the scenes. He set everything up to come to this conclusion. Um, Yeah. He's usually a more active threat when it's one-on-one, like even though he, mm -hmm. we haven't seen definitely, definitely. And how we haven't seen him physically um, involved with Granby, we know that he is somewhat of an active role in just everything that's going on with him. And he's, Yeah. yeah. He's only active or a more direct threat when it's him when he knows he's not going to be outnumbered because he was definitely a bigger threat and more intimidating and more cocky. Like when Tubbo and Tommy were facing down with him, like their final showdown, until everyone showed up and immediately he's like back on the defensive and back to being a passive role. Yeah. So Dream is up there. He's not actually, I don't think he talks the entire time. He's just up there setting off TNT. And he really only talks just to Tom, Tommy, and that's it. Yeah. So then Techno and Tommy have their little, um, you know, back and forth at each other. So they're back and forth. Techno said, like, Tommy's like, you could have just let us have a government. You could have gone off, done your own thing, just, like, ignored us, pretended we didn't exist. But why are you here doing this? And Techno says, you had your chance, Tommy. And right after that, I think, is when the TNT begins to rain. Tommy calls Technoblade worse than the government. Um, and then, you know, going to the whole thing that Techno feels betrayed. Um, how do you, what do you think about um, the, how the whole betrayal works there? So am I a Tommy apologist or a Techno apologist? Um, I'm a bit on the fence about that because they were both very transparent each other with each other as they were sort of leading up to their split. Like, Techno was very clearly saying, yeah, I'll destroy Lemanberg no matter what. I'll kill, I'll, like, whether it happens now or tomorrow or some other time, Lemanberg's going down. And Tommy's very clearly like, well, I don't want to destroy Lemanberg. I just want my discs. I don't want you to hurt Tubbo. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to note that Techno has only ever, like, destroyed the ground itself. He hasn't ever, you know, the source of government and the person who took him down and directly sort of derailed their governance was Phil. Techno, um, the only time Techno like physically killed a part of government, like a body of government, was when Schlag got caught in the crossfire at Tubbo's execution, but that wasn't intentional. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that he only destroys like the physical ground and not the people himself. Because I like to think that somewhere in there, he still knows that these are people that are focusing more on the physical idea of government like the political maps or whatever and Mm -hmm. not on the people which is sort of what Tommy's priorities are he's more for the people like he stood for Lemanberg not because it was a government not because it had power but because all of his friends were there and they were all safe there ideally so it's really on the fence for that but I think I'd have to be more on I'm more on t- Tommy's side on the argument for that one, but it's mostly evenly split, but more Tommy because like he, the minute he realizes that his priorities have changed, he signals that immediately to techno. Like he's like, yeah, I messed up. I have to make up for the Manberg on this and I have to defend it from dream. Like he's not for anarchy. He's just for not being on the side of dream. Yeah, it, it really could be argued, you know, either way, but they were both very transparent with each other about how, hey, we don't agree on this. It could go either way. The caravan is blown up. Um, 
the hot dog van and they all try to convene at the tree, the Leman tree, um, which at this point, Nikki had already burnt down. Um, and I hadn't, we didn't know watching Tommy's point of view that the tree had been burnt down. I didn't know about that until way after. I thought it had just gotten blown up with the TNT, but yeah. Nikki burned it down, bringing about the third. It was never meant to be. Um, yeah. And also like a funny part, Tommy got struck by lightning. Yeah, he has a habit of that, doesn't he? It was so funny. It was like yeah. struck by lightning. I think it's really important to, like, to focus on Nikki burning down the tree because the Doomsday wasn't just about, like, everyone was focusing on Tommy and Techno and Dream and just sort of the argument between that and all that fun little angst and drama. But I think a lot of people forget how many outside parties were dragged into this and, like, completely got like screwed over by it like techno was killing them left and right like they were losing their stuff they were losing their homes and everything that was important to them and they're just expected to sit on the sidelines and let tommy and techno have this argument like i understand why nikki would do that like she's like like everything that lamanberg stood for her from her point of view had been completely desecrated first by um schlatt and then by this like it's just an insult and like yeah i would definitely go off too yeah, no, and I think um, I like to think that something about Wilbur, she was always really close with Wilbur. Her connection with Wilbur and how once Wilbur died, Nikki really didn't care that much about Lamanberg. Um, and that tree was probably just like that final reminder, and she just wanted it gone. She didn't really, and there was a time that she didn't even know. Wilbur was dead, wasn't there? She she knew he was dead. I'm pretty sure she was there at the festival when he was killed. I, she didn't know that Ghostbur was around oh, yeah, for yeah. a while. Yeah. But yeah. That is Doomsday, the end of Lamanberg. Is there anything you wanted to talk about, Essie? I guess a bit... So, uh, like, uh, sort of how I do both art and cosplay, I also do a lot of stuff associated with music I don't make music but I connect music to different things and so there is sort of a song list that I've sort of connected to the dream SMP and I just I remember listening to it one time and it got me thinking a lot about the philosophies that you see present in I know this is sort of like ooh, academics mm, gross boring it's great it's great I love it but so we see very like a lot of philosophies that are used in Dream SMP, but not directly talked about. The most prominent one is like Technoblade's anarchy. And I think everyone that is like plays a major role has a specific philosophy that they go by and that they use and that you see sort of um, connecting all the different plot lines, but like between the egg, between Lamanberg, between um, Techno and the syndicate and you know, we know anarchy, it's like the absence of government, access of a hierarchy and power and stuff, mm-hmm. but sort of, there's a lot of other philosophies that revolve around power dynamics and government, and sort of connecting to that song, um, it's called Leviathan the Girl by Femi C, and it's, it just made me think when I was listening to it one time, this, the, the, the philosophy behind what the Leviathan is. And I really connected to Wilbur in my pers- in my um, point of view because a Leviathan philosophically is like 
the representation of government and power and is sort of the protector and the one that offers and provides safety to the people who will are willing to relinquish their rights. Mm-hmm. And you sort of see Wilbur acting as a Leviathan because he created the government. He offered the safety of Lamanberg and he abused it. So he is not an idealized Leviathan, but he is in his own right a Leviathan. And so sort of the song, one of the lyrics is, I am a God who created a world, which sort of connects to definitely after Revived Burr and sort of him and Pogtopia, how he sees himself as like this person that knows everything and that he's the most aware of everything. He's the only one that um, really knows what's going on from his perspective. And you sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't really know. I had a whole rant about this like two hours ago just to myself. And now that I'm actually talking about it, I'm like, oh, I don't remember I hate anything that, that I said. Oh my goodness. Like you just, ha- you have a great conversation with yourself and then you're trying to convey it to someone and it just doesn't, you're like, Words. exactly. I hate it. Oh goodness. But yeah, I, I like, um, I like that thought. Yeah. I'm sort of reading through the lyrics and yeah, it's like the first sort of verse is talking about like knowledge. And so, I think after re-listening to this song, after Wilbur gets revived and sort of um, go like telling us about more of like what limbo is and what all of that goes on, like it's the first one is talking about like ancient knowledge being passed down, like that could be connected to him spending thirteen whole years in limbo and having the time to really think about everything that he's gone through and set his priorities straight. And the song also discusses a lot about like failures and how there's a lot of like suffering in order to get to your goal. And Wilbur, as we learned through one of Quackity's screams, knew from the very start that by creating Lamanberg and trying to reach his power dynamic, he knew from the start that he would be miserable the entire time. And he knew that everyone that was siding with him and helping him with that, he knew they were being screwed over and he just allowed it to happen. So he knew that he was sort of going to become this this like basically god figure to them and be like this protector and this provider of safety and take advantage of that like he's sort of declaring himself a a philosophical leviathan Mm -hmm. well i guess i we should probably wrap it up would you like to um plug your social medias yeah um you can find me on instagram and tiktok at seb cause that's e-s-s-i-e E-E-E-C-O-S. You can also find me on YouTube at just S-E-B. Um, that's all I got, yeah. Once again, my name is Sarah Dawn, your host. You can find the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at We Live on Angst. Our website is wethevonangstpod.wordpress.com and our Discord link is in the description of this episode. We Live on Angst is produced by Sarah Dawn and Co. with Howler Studios. I hope you have a great one.